This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. In this hour, we'll tell you why I believe, Gordon, this weekend, a big weekend for the Knicks and the Jets. Big, big weekend for the Knicks and the Jets. We'll see if you agree with me. Uh, But right now, let's continue our conversation on the phones. Uh, Mike is in the truck. Mike, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. In the truck or in the trunk? In the truck. Oh, okay. I thought it's a trunk. I was gonna say. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the uh, LIE. All right. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm just getting kind of tired of these so-called Yankee fans. You know, calling for Aaron Boone's head. Uh, you know, in the postseason, the fact of the matter remains: the Yankees didn't hit. They just they they didn't hit. They they didn't hit. It didn't make a difference. What kind of lineup and put together? There was there was just no offense. What can you do? I, I mean, really, what what can you do? That's my. That, I mean, that that's what my question. I'm putting it out to the universe. I mean, he, I, he changed line. He changed lines lineup constantly. Okay, he might have taken he might have taken uh, a picture or two out uh, early or. Uh, Prematurely, but if that wouldn't if that wouldn't have won the game if they left them in. They had no offense, and if you have no offense, you're not going to win the games. Listen, thanks Mike, for letting me think. You're right. <laughs> thanks for the phone call. You're right. In that sense, that it it's just that it's very simple, Mike. You always blame the manager. <laughs> wow. You always do. He's he's not wrong. The the offense was the primary reason why the Yankees did not win. Absolutely. Yes. And at some point Aaron Boone can't hit for the players. The players had to hit for themselves. Uh but Aaron Boone doesn't help. No. <laughs> that no. that's the problem no, is true. that you know you can find things that he did as well, taking Cole out and going to Lou Trevino instead of going to uh, Jonathan Lewisaga, the, the stuff with the, the, the Guardian series with, you know, not uh, using Holmes in that spot. He's not available that day. So it, it's not – yes, you're right. The main problem with the Yankees is not Aaron Boone, but the problem with him is that he does not help. Uh, th- there's never yeah. been a time where you thought to yourself, well, at least we got Aaron Boone and he saved us there. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because, if anything, it was uh, the fact that Okay, we really need you to make the great managerial moves because we're not hitting. So we really need you to do as much as you can to keep us as close as possible to see if we can we can find a way to get some runs here. And you know, unfortunately, in some of the pitching matchups, he just didn't do it. Gordon, he was, he was. It just seemed like he was. He just seemed off. You know what I mean? He just seemed like he was just a, a step off his game. Yeah. Uh, well, look, the entire offense was was well, not the offense very good. Was not, no, they were yeah, bad. I mean, they were bad. Bad. In the postseason, you need your stars to show up. But if they don't show up, you need the 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 supplementary cast to kind mm-hmm. of come through. The the ba- you know the, I'm just gonna say backups, but you know the non-stars, the bottom half of the order did absolutely nothing, and the top half of the order, outside of Rizzo, outside of Bader, really didn't do anything either. So, mm-hmm. but and that's that's a common problem for the Yankees since 2017 the offense didn't fire but it was a young team you figure all right let's make some moves and we'll be back and 2018 and 2019 and 2020 20 
Every year, the offense does not fire in the playoffs. Yeah. But this was the worst. Yeah. And, and I would agree with the caller in, in like, if we're pl- casting blame, yeah, I would put more blame clearly on the players, sure. But I would put way more blame on Brian Cashman than Aaron mm-hmm. Boone. Yeah. So Aaron Boone gets, I think, an unfair amount of the blame, even though I don't think he's a great manager. If you want to start naming names, the first name you have to come up with is Brian Cashman. Take a look at that, that, that batting order. Take a look at the lineup. Take a look at the roster. It was not yeah. a great roster. That is not a championship-level roster. That's not a championship-level lineup. No. And, and look, nobody believed the Yankees were going to beat the Astros even going into no. the series. They no, had no, the no. longest odds the Yankees have had. In it. The Yankees were in the playoffs every single year. And they had their longest playoff odds this year against the Astros than they've had since 1976. Nobody thought the Yankees were beating the Astros. It was not a surprise. No, it wasn't a surprise. The surprise was they got swept. That's the, yeah. The, <laughs> that the, was the surprise, surprise was we didn't have high expectations, and you even failed to meet the low expectations yeah. that we had. I mean, it just they they weren't going. They really other than Game Four. There really wasn't the sense that you got that the Yankees was going to win those games. No, nope. other than four, nope. and even four, you were like, "Well, maybe they, they should." Well, they'll get this one. They, they had a couple of leads in four, at least, right? At least, <laughs> at least they scored runs. At least they were yeah. in the game. You had, you had, you had a couple of leads in game four, which were, you were not able. But you know, when you're down 0-3, uh, you don't have any real confidence that a team is no. coming back. So it was not at all. You can be angry. You can be disappointed. You can be ticked off. You can't be surprised. Brian's in the Bronx. What's up, Brian? Hey, I want to talk about Aaron Aaron Judge and what we expect his performance to be over the life of his next contract. He's an outstanding hitter. He's a power hitter. So he could be great, stay up to age 40, who knows. But the best hitter that I've seen since 2000 is Albert Pujols. Look at his numbers after he turned age 30. Um, over the last 10 years, he's rarely had a season with an OPS over 800 and Aaron judge is going to be turning 30 or 31 this next year. And so is he going to follow that Albert Pujols um, career trajectory? Now he's earned his, a huge contract. He's going to get a huge contract. It's going to be a lot of years, seven, eight years, maybe more. I don't know. Um, It's going to be huge. And certainly he came up through the Yankee system. You want to see him stay in the Bronx, but is the team going to be better off in the long run? not having them on their books. And I'm going to hang up and let you guys talk. Thanks a lot. All right, Brian. That's an interesting thought, Gordon. Uh, but what would the other option be? Yeah, that's the – yeah, right. You that's have to the million-dollar question. Else. Uh, look, he, he brings up a good point. Uh, $100 million or more contracts are almost certainly a mistake. I think one of the reasons why Judge might be uh, – might age a little bit better than Pujols. Pujols – had already started to show signs even before he got that contract. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Judge is a far more athletic player. And mm-hmm. generally, athletic players tend to age a little bit better than stationary sluggers like Albert Pujols. Now, if you're talking about an eight, nine-year deal for, for Aaron Judge, you, you go into it knowing there's going to be at least a couple of years where he is not going to still be Aaron Judge anymore. But I do think that if you could come up with something six, seven years, I think he can still be a productive player into his mid, maybe a little bit his late 30s. But you're right. I mean, those long-term contracts, it's a young man's game. And if performance enhancers are out of the mix now, that's more reasons to be concerned. 
uh, when it comes to signing Aaron Judge to a long-term deal. And as you've said, it's much more about the years than the money. The thing with him, though, I think that also helps him, Gordon, is he's not just home run a bus guy. Yeah. He, he, he can. He makes contact. You know, he, he can hit, Good hit for average. average. Yep. You know, he can do that. And listen, next year, uh, from an average standpoint, I guess everybody's average is going to go up 50 to 60 points, Gordon, because you can't shift. So everybody's average is going to go up a little bit. So I, I do think, yeah, you're going to lose something as he gets older, no question about it, but he is such an athletic guy. I think yeah. – the question is, is he worth it? Do we think for the next four to five years he's going to be close to the Aaron Judge we got this year? That's the question. And if that's your question, then what you have to do is very simple. You have to get the best group of people you can put around Aaron Judge for the next four to five years, Gordon. All right? that gives, and, and try to win as many games and as many championships as you can while trying to find a way to get your, your minor league – you know, your minor league talent up and coming so that you have some young guys who can transition. And not to say they're going to be Aaron Judge, but at least to transition where you're not going to be a team that's building from the, from scratch again. Yeah, well, look, if you're going into it expecting the numbers that he put up this year, well, you're going to be bitterly disappointed. Now, can he put up something like in the middle between what he did in 2021 and 2022? I think that's fair. Uh, 2021, hit 39 home runs, drove in 98 hit 287, slugged 554, OPS plus of 149. This year he had an OPS plus. He was the highest OPS plus at 211. <laughs> he's not. I don't think he's going to do that again. again. But can he be in a 150, 160 range where he is one of the, the great offensive players of the game and a good glove in the outfield? I think that that's possible. But again, if you're talking about you know playing to the age of 36, 37, 38, there is going to be years there where he is not going to be anywhere close to that and there's probably a good argument to be made that walking away is probably the best financial decision long term but can the Yankees do that when they haven't won a World Series since 2009 and this is their best player he's a homegrown player coming off an amazing season who is probably if not the most marketable player in the sport number two or three you could argue with what you saw in the postseason is what you would see at 38, 39, 40. Oh, God. I, one one for that. 16? I, ho I hope it's better that. than that. <laughs> you, could argue. you could argue, Gordon. You could argue. That's what's, Because when he goes in the slumps, they're bad. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, he is a far more athletic player yes. than Pujols. Yes. I'll have to go back and look, but Pujols is a far, was a far more durable player yeah. than yeah. Judge. Yeah. It's an interesting know? thought for the Yankees. But if, if they decide, to, if not if they decide, but if he happens to walk, they better have a serious game <laughs> plan B. Oh they God, better have imagine. a serious plan We're B. We're bringing back Gallo. <laughs> no, that's not serious. <laughs> You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. He's Gordon Damer. I'm Larry Hardesty. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head back to the phones. Mike is in Queens. What's up, Mike? Let's try this one more time and see how it goes. Um, Mets fans, before I speak, cover your ears, press the mute button because you're not going to like what I have to say. And don't kill me. It's not my idea. It's all Bustoni said it, so get your pitchforks and go after him. I'm just repeating what he said. Despite DeGrom being the best pitcher in the game, despite the media having, having nothing bad to write, no scandal, despite the media being nice to him, 
Jacob DeGrom does not like after the game is over. There's 20 guys with their phone, their camera in his face, asking the tough question. He doesn't like that. Okay, so I hate to break it to you, but DeGrom's going to go down south, less media, take the money, and run. Uh, the Mets, I believe, the Mets are going to have, they're going to keep him, they're going to have to probably overpay him because I believe he wants to be gone. He, despite him being able to handle New York, he doesn't. He'd rather go down south away and less media pressure. I believe there's a better chance Judge stays with the Yankees than the ground with the Mets. And one thing from last night, Game 7 is the God Dawn Island. Good night. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. I'll say this, Gordon. Uh, and I know Buster did say that about the media, and that's been something that's come up. How has the media been tough on DeGrom? I have no idea. They've given nothing but I mean, they praised they, him for whatever he's done. He's he's been he's been like Gordon. They've if anything they've been easy on him compared oh to the gosh. fact that he hasn't been available. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, again, somewhere right now, Giancarlo Stanton is thinking that he's had it tough. <laughs> he's had it tough. Even Diaz is saying the same thing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and look, DeGrom is great. I, I think we got to lose this, the best pitcher in the sport. I mean, the guy pitches five innings, and he, is, he, he makes maybe 20 starts a year. I mean, let's slow down with that now. Uh, but I understand his importance to the Mets. I understand he's an all-time Met. You'd hate to lose him. But I also think that there's a deal that is, is just too much with as much at risk as there is. And the other thing, you know, the thing with DeGrom and everybody, oh, he's going to go here, he's going to go there. Where is he going that he's getting the, the amount of money that Steve Cohen can pay him? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jacob DeGrom is the one guy who's like, you know what, I've made enough money. What's money? <laughs> I don't need any more of that. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't. I just don't get this narrative that the media has been so bad with him. I just don't get it. I Please, don't I understand. They haven't been. They have not. I mean, what what has been the 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 what did they hammer Jacob Degrom about? Nothing. They. I mean, they could have killed him about him not being available. You know, the a couple of years ago, he was like, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this and stuff like that." It's like the the team. It was like he was running his own situation with. With whether he was mm-hmm. pitching or not. Right. I mean, and, he didn't and, say anything and not about this it. year, but the year before, it was like he was deciding when he was coming back yeah. and if he was going on the IL or not or anything like that. So I know that, that it's been out there that, you know, oh, the Braves are going to sign him or he's going to go to the Rangers or he's going to go yeah. here, he's going to go there. Are those teams, I mean, are the Rangers going to pay him no. $45 million a year no. after spending half a billion dollars on two middle infielders and missing no. the playoffs again? Are the, no. are the Braves? Braves aren't paying them $45 million. What were they? They got all their guys signed up already on mm-hmm. these cheap team-friendly deals. They're going to all of a sudden break the bank for Jacob DeGrom. What do they need Jacob DeGrom for? The only place he would go, Gordon, is with the Dodgers, who just signs everybody. They don't care what yeah. they have. Yeah, no, him and they Judge. No They're going to announce it on the same day. They got the Judge. They got Judge, and they got Degrom. <laughs> Mookie Betts is playing second base now. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And they still, they only. I mean, they've only won the one since '88. I know. And it was the 2020. I mean, like all the championships to win. That's the last. That's the last one you want to win. Yeah, you're right. Still you're counts, right. but yeah. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. Good evening, fellas. Trey, what's going on? I have to say this really quick, Larry. Gordon, give me a second. It's the Sarge's birthday, Larry. 
Oh, we'll tell the Sarge, hey, happy birthday. It, it is the Sarge's birthday, so we, we got to give a, a, a big salute to, to the Sarge, man, my dad. So happy birthday, Pops. I love you. Um, um I gotta. I got. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy, Larry. But I gotta be that guy real quick okay. about my Knicks, right? So, okay. right, it's cool. Nice three and one start. I like yep. it. Um, everything is good. You know that Brunson is functioning. He is a mm-hmm. functioning guard. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like when they do it right. So, so this is so this is a good start. Um, something bothered me the other night uh, when they were playing Orlando. They put the camera out into the crowd. Bernard King sitting right there. Why is this man's jersey not in the rafters, Larry? Yeah, I know. He's a he's a he's a Hall of Famer, is he not? Yes, he is. All right, Julius Randle. So here's the thing. I'm gonna get a petition. I don't know how to do all the graphics and stuff on Twitter and all of that. I'm not that smart. I'm just a chef. So I'm gonna find somebody to do it. I need that drawn up. I don't know if somebody can do it. I don't know do it. Uh, we gotta get a petition signed up so we can get him out of that jersey. Thirty-one, twenty-nine. He cannot wear thirty anymore. I don't care about all the smiling and him hawing that he's doing right now. It's cute when it, when it, when it hits the fan, and we all know it's gonna hit the fan with Julius Randle. Then he's gonna resort back to last year's Julius Randle because that's who he really is. It's not nothing personal. This is about his basketball game. It's, it looks good right now. He's doing well. I'm not. I can't. I'm not gonna knock somebody doing their job well. He's doing his job well right now, mm-hmm. and he's helping Brunson where he needs help. He, he's being a a quality number two where he needs a number two. Yes. You know what I mean? So I, yep. And I appreciate that because uh, uh, Barrett's not completely ready yet. And I hope that that's not Barrett's ceiling either because it, it's starting to feel like this is kind of his ceiling, Larry. Do you feel like that a little bit? A little bit, but I think he's trying to do too much. I think he's, he's think in so that too. justify the so contract mm-hmm. type thing. You know, that's what I think he is. I want to This is. I want to show I can take the next level. Just take Because some of the shot selection he's had, that's, that's where that's what's Not bothering good. me is his shot selection. Not but good. I would like to also say, man, shout out to Mitchell Robinson, man, because that man all over the floor, man. That's yeah. I hope he can. It's the just the fouling for me. Yeah. He's got to get that under control. But other than that, man, I, lo- I love his lively feet on defense, man, because he's blocked. I think he had six blocks last night, mm-hmm. and I think tomorrow night is going to be a great a great barometer for this team. And mm-hmm. see, it, it, come on, we know what we know what's going to happen tomorrow night. We all know. We know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, but we got to see where we're at. Yeah, we, we got to right. see where we're at, man. This is that first. This is that first test of the young season yep. to see where we're at. We got to play good, sound defense tomorrow. We can't let Bobby Portis and the others kill us. Right. You know, we can't. You know, Giannis is going to do what Giannis does because he is the best player in the sport. He's going to do what he does. He he proved that last night to me. I ain't yeah. gonna hold you, Larry. He proved he proved that to me last night. That boy's a monster. He is. He is Trey. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And Gordon. That's where Trey took me right where I was going. It's early for the Knicks. But Gordon, what a better barometer to see what's going on with your team and how good this team can be or what you need to do or where you can go from here than for you to face the Milwaukee Bucks, former NBA champions, and just see where you stand up against the best. Okay. You played Orlando, you played, you know, Memphis, you were in that game, okay? And, you know, you had a couple of, 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 of shots that didn't go in. It was an off night for R.J. Barrett and a couple of other players. But this is, this for me is a very, very important game to see just where this Nick team is. And you go back, and one of the things that you that's going to be very interesting to me is to see 
how indeed Milwaukee is going to defend against Jalen Brunson, especially late. Because you saw what Orlando did last night. They double teamed. They tried to take the ball out of his hands. They tried to make somebody else beat him. They put the ball in uh, Julius Randle's hands. And Gordon, we know how that can be. <laughs> yes. We know what that can be like. Yeah. So how do what does Tom Thibodeau do to make sure that your your offense is not disrupted in the fourth quarter where teams tend to turn up their uh, their defense. And the other thing is uh, Jalen Brunson, and we talked about it, this was one of the concerns that a lot of fans had about him, is his size and how he defends. And Gordon, Dennis Smith Jr., Dennis Smith Jr., yeah. took it to him late, and he had no answer for him. So how does Thibodeau do? And, and, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, Mitchell had to have six blocks <laughs> because yeah. he was bailing out. You know, he was bailing out his teammate, which is why he's there. So that's why, for me, from the Knicks standpoint, that's why this is such a big game this weekend. And obviously for the Jets, it's like what LaGreca said. It's New England, Gordon. This is not, yes, Belichick is still there. We understand it. We respect what he's been able to do. This is not your usual. This is not your dad's New England Patriots team. No. Okay? I mean, they're struggling. This is a winnable game for the Jets. They have to win this game, Gordon. This is a big weekend for the Knicks and the Jets. We'll get your thoughts next. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, I want to get your thoughts before we get back to the phone. You agree with me? What, what, what do you think about this weekend, Knicks and Jets? Well, to me, the Jet game is far bigger than the Knicks game. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, the Knick game, you'd like to hope that you can kind of measure up. The Jets, even with the injuries, even with the loss of Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, they should beat the Patriots. The Patriots are not – the Patriots are a Patriots in name only. They are not a good team. Now, they do some things well, you know, defense. They might be able to run the ball some, but they got a quarterback controversy brewing. It looks like Mac Jones, all the, the praise that Mac Jones got last year now is, is he's getting kind of thrown under the bus with the, the way he has struggled and the injury and everything else. Bailey Zappi now all of a sudden might be the quarterback of the future there. So the yep. Jets, they have – I mean, most of the Jets are not well-versed, I think, in the Jet Patriot series – but they don't have to be well-versed in it with what happened last year, right? That's I mean, right. they got destroyed last year, and a lot of the same players are still here. So yep. you should want some payback, and, and this is probably the best chance the Jets are going to get a payback against the Patriots in quite some time. Plus, Patriots this week at home, Buffalo next week, bye week, New England in New England. Yeah. Uh, you need this one. You need this one. You should have this one. Gordon, this is what the next step looks like for a team. This is what the next step looks like. You should beat them at home. You you should beat them at home. All due respect to Belichick. We know he's going to give Zach Wilson fits. He's going to show him different stuff. We know what he's going to do. And, yeah, it stinks that not only you don't have Brees Hall, but you don't have Vera Tucker, who Gordon has turned out to be the best offensive lineman. He's played every guard tackle position. All I think he hasn't done is snap the ball. (laughs) Yeah. No, he he was really um, the one stable part of that offensive line with all the different changes and everything else. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a mess there, but uh, I mean, this is year two for Zach Wilson at some point, he's going to have to show you something and this would be a good week to show it. Yeah. Go to the tight ends, do some, you know, do some quick, do some different things that they haven't seen. Okay. Try to take it easy on him. And on the other side of it, Zach, can you, 
can you stop overthrowing open guys? <laughs> that would be nice too. You know, you, you need he needs some bigger plays. That's what he needs. I don't I don't listen, if I'm the Jets, they know him, they understand what he's doing, they know the playbook. I get it. You don't want to, you know, put him in a situation if you don't think he's ready, I get it. You run the football up, but I'm telling you, they're gonna force you to have to they're gonna force you in situations where they're gonna say, Zach Wilson's gonna beat us. We're putting I don't we're gonna put eleven in the box. We're going to make Zach Wilson beat us. And you're going to have to find a way to make that happen and protect him with a scrambling offensive line. But that should be no problem because the offensive line has been scrambling for two years. <laughs> and it really hasn't been much of a conversation lately. But the fact that uh, Justin Fields just did what he did to the That's Patriots right. defense. Mm-hmm. And now Zach Wilson gets his turn. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes out there and he plays well and the Jets win, all great. Yep. Everything, everything's fine. Everything's going along. You're sixth win. You're six and two. The Patriots are not as good as you. Playoffs, here we come. But if Zach Wilson goes out and throws for 100 yards again. Mm-hmm. And no touchdowns. And no touchdowns. That conversation, there's already been a little hint of it, even while the Jets are winning games that, uh-oh, did we pick the wrong guy? Mm-hmm. Now, you're not relying on him to go out and, and carry the team. You're winning without it. You know, you're winning despite him. Yeah. But if he goes out, if they lose a game and he throws for 100 yards, it will be instantaneous. People will all of a sudden, it's all well and good when you're winning. That Oh, you know, we don't need the quarterback to do too much. He's not losing us the game. If they lose a game and he plays like that, oh, what is this quarterback? Oh, my God, we picked the wrong. The, it'll be quick. It'll be instantaneous. It'll be like 12 Buddhas. Oh, oh, Buddha's <laughs> Buddha's working on the material right now. No, Buddha's had the material. Oh no, but Justin yeah, Fields. but he's fine too. He's like the comedian that knows the bits that he's going to do, but he's getting the timing down. He's getting the pacing down. He knows what words he wants to hit. Oh, it'll be like twelve Buddhas. Buddha's been Buddha's been. Oh, drumming. he's been banging that. Yeah, he's been banging, banging that drum, drum for a while. Absolutely. He has. He yes. has. Even before you joined me, Gordon, he was banging that drum. <laughs> He I can imagine that Justin Fields drum. It's been a steady drum beat. It has been, and I agree with him because I thought what you could. I thought that for me, it was the competition that you face in college. Gordon means something. It does. I get system quarterbacks. I get that, but I believe the competition you face means something. And if Justin Fields, just my opinion, and I get to the calls in a second, if Justin Fields had the offensive weapons that the Jets now oh, have, it's not even close. It'd be a different story, my friend. It'd be a different story. I don't know if he listen. He'd be throwing the ball more. I don't know if he. I don't know where they both would be. I don't know, but it would be a. Li, it would be different if he had the weapons because look what he's doing with no weapons. See, that's the thing. Let's get back to the phones. One 3776 Andres in Westchester. What's up, Andre? How you doing, there, gentlemen? Good evening. Um, my question is regarding the Yankees and even the Mets. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. First with the Yankees, I believe. You got to take the positive of this postseason with Mr. Harrison Bader and just give the, you know, put the torch in his hand. Let him bat, lead off, or whatever the case may be. I believe he showed up this season. I, I was disappointed with the results, obviously, with the offense and everything. But it reminded me of, like, the Houston Astros reminded me of, like, the mid 90 Yankees. You know, you have it, you're going at it, dueling, dueling, get some men on base, get a key, key hit, you win the game. Uh, with the Mets, with the Grom, believe it or not, the Mets are in a good situation with Buck Showalter and Billy Epler. It reminds me of the beginning of the Yankee dynasty, the the, the architect. Uh, you know, 
he may not be a starter. I mean, you know, you, you look at him down the line and say, listen, this guy may be another Rick Aguilera as soon to be a dominant closer if he risk factor at being a starting pitcher. I'd like to hear your views on that. Yeah, have a good evening. Be safe. All right, Andre. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Gordon, for me, he's making he's going to be making too much money to be a closer. Yeah. <laughs> he, no. He's not. And and plus, once again, Andre, the injury issue bites, rears his ugly head again. I don't know if he's going to be available. So no. I I'm really end up with the same thing. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying about Epler. I hear what you're saying about Showalter. Here's the one thing I will say to you about Epler. Epler did not give me the other bat that I needed, and that ended up costing the Mets dearly. He oh, needed another absolutely. offensive bat, yeah. and he did not get that offensive bat. He didn't get it. And no. so that that's one of the reasons why the Mets uh, left early. You could take the Yankee and, and part. And Bader batting leadoff. People, I don't think that it happens often, but never make the mistake of somebody, because what they did in the postseason, now all of a sudden you're, you're making your plans for next season based on that. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bader has some skills as an offensive player, but he's not a leadoff guy. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a career on base of 317. I believe that's what Glaber Torres' on base was this year. Mm. And we've already kind of established Glaber is not a leadoff hitter. Harrison Bader is not a leadoff hitter. He seemed and, like he and, was on base much more than Torres. <laughs> oh, he was in the postseason. Absolutely. Well, he was running around the bases because he was hitting all these home runs. That's for sure. Um, but And also, the Astros are not... They are not based on, oh, get them on, get them over, get them in. They hit home runs. They do. They hit home runs. They hit home runs against the Yankees. They hit home runs against the Mariners. That's why they have still not lost a playoff game. Every single game that they have played in the postseason, they have hit a key home run. The difference with them is they make contact. So they... What they do is they very rarely do they strike out. So they extend their bats, Gordon, by making fouling off tough pitches until they get one that because the pitcher's got to make a mistake. He can't continue to throw it where he wants it. And so they make a they 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 hit mistakes and they tend they can they don't live and die on the home run. They hit home runs. They use the home run, but they can they they have the talent to give you four or five hits in a row if they need to. And so they have they, a much, they can play they have both a ways. much deeper lineup than the Yankees. Absolutely. Much de- even without Brantley, they had a much deeper lineup. Yeah, than I know. The they didn't need Brantley, obviously. No, obviously. <laughs> they would have won in three. The Yankees would have forfeited the fourth game. <laughs> I hope Brantley's not in the walk here because they <laughs> it's not helping his, his his situation right now. They're they they haven't lost and he's not been in the lineup. That's not good. This is ESPN New York tonight. With Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN.